Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Steve Hirschfeld. Today's a special day because it's Tuesday. On Tuesdays, we do what's called Travel Tuesday, which is kind of cool. We get to meet with our members from around the world who share with us what it's like to do business in their local jurisdiction. And today, we'll be learning a little bit more about doing business in Arkansas. And so I'm pleased to welcome to the show, Katie Campbell, who's a partner at the Friday Eldridge and Clark Law Firm. Katie, how are you? Hi, Steve. I'm great. Good to be with you. Good, good. Well, I'm really looking forward to this chat. You know, what I'd like to focus on, if we could, is, you know, what's different or unique about your state? Particularly if we had somebody, let's say, from another part of the world that was thinking of opening an office in Little Rock, Arkansas, or maybe acquiring a business in your state. I mean, the one thing everybody knows about Arkansas is it's Walmart's home, right? Right. They're the big 800-pound gorilla of retailing. But most of us don't know a lot more about your state than that. Maybe that you're known as the Razorback State. I guess that's possible. So tell us what it's like. What's your state like? What are its demographics? What kind of industries? Give us a sense for the economy in your state. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm thrilled to be here talking about Arkansas. I was born and raised in Arkansas and have moved all around the country. And we decided to move back here and settle back here recently. So a proud Arkansan and excited to talk about it. So Arkansas is called the natural state. And I think that's very fitting. We are a largely rural state. So we have a a couple of concentrated, you know, business centers, one of which you mentioned Little Rock in the center of the state, the state capital. I'm in the northwest corner of the state. That's where Walmart is located. So you've got Bentonville, Rogers, Fayetteville. So that's also where the University of Arkansas is. So those are really the two primary business centers. Well, you're actually then you're right near that really amazing new museum that just opened. I am. That's right. We've got two. We've got Crystal Bridges and then the Momentary, both which are, you know, kind of Walton driven. So you mentioned Walmart, but Walmart has also created a whole economy of itself up here in Northwest Arkansas of what we call Walmart adjacent businesses that are are linked to Walmart, but not directly related. And so that has really created a thriving economy in the Northwest part of the state where I am. And so so something that's, I think, unique to Arkansas is that we do have varying geography. So in the east part of the state, you've got Mississippi River and the Delta, and it's largely agricultural, all the way to the Northwest corner of the state with the Ozark Mountains. So so it looks different across the state, and that also drives you know, differences in employment and industry. In terms of population, we have about 3 million people. So in terms of size, we're the 34th largest, I think, in population and about the 29th largest in terms of size. So, so on the smaller end of things, and we have a relatively low-skilled workforce. So about 23% of people in the state are college-educated. So that also creates some issues when it comes to employment and employers coming in from out of the state. So I think that's something else to mention. And one other thing I would mention is just the impact of small businesses on the state. So they're a a backbone of the economy in the state. In Arkansas, there are more than 250 small businesses, according to the Small Business Administration. So I I think the most recent statistic says that about 480,000 people in our state are employed by small businesses. So that's almost half the workforce. So, So that's a big part of things, too. So being a specialist in employment law, what kind of stuff are you dealing with right now? What are the hot topics on your desk? Yeah, so, I mean, I think COVID is, you know, one of the major issues still. We joke, or maybe it's not a joke, that we are now more COVID lawyers than employment lawyers. So we're still seeing a lot of issues around return to work and, you know, compliance with OSHA and those kinds of things. The bread and butter of what we see here in terms of just that general employment law are discrimination cases. We see a lot of 
you know, gender discrimination, not so much race discrimination anymore, sexual harassment, those kinds of things. And so that's what comes across our desk probably the most often. We also advise businesses all the time in terms of, you know, non-competes and things like that, compliance with those types of things. Let me ask you about non-competes because this is obviously, it seems like we're all inundated right now with disputes over one employee leaving a company and taking trade secrets with them and a company wanting to enforce a non-compete when somebody leaves and competes with them. And, and what's complicating this, Katie, particularly in America, is we've got 50 states with 50 different views on this stuff. And we have all these remote workers because of COVID that have become permanent in some cases. So like in San Francisco, we've got tech companies here with employees in all 50 states, literally working in their pajamas at their houses. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, non-competes aren't enforceable in California, but they could be in other places. So tell us a little bit about what's the state of the law in Arkansas? Can you even have a non-compete? Are there any restrictions on it? And what kind of disputes are you seeing along those lines? Sure. No, I think that's, that's a good point, a good question. So in Arkansas, non-competes are enforceable. We have a statute that provides that they are enforceable, except in areas like professional type areas, like doctors and lawyers and things like that. So there are a few industries that are excluded, but for the most part, they are enforceable, but they have to be narrowly drawn, narrowly tailored, you know, to, to actually protect the protected interests. So what I always tell people is that they're enforceable, but you have to be careful that they are narrowly drawn so that a court would actually, you know, be inclined to enforce them, which is not always the case. So I think one of our biggest jobs as lawyers is to advise employers that they can't just use a form non-compete and expect that it will get enforced by a court. They are, you know, they criticize them and take a close look at them. Let me ask you about that, because let's say we've got a company based in Chicago that now has remote workers throughout the country and wants to have one unified NDA, non-compete. Will Arkansas honor a choice law provision? So let's say it's a, you know, it's Delaware Corporation based in Chicago, employees all over the country, and they have them all sign non-disclosure agreements where, you know, Delaware law or Illinois law is the choice of law. Will a state like Arkansas and its courts, will they honor that? My experience with that has been, yes, with a caveat that there has to be some connection to that choice of law you know, that choice. And so, I mean, if you've got a choice of law that has nothing to do with the parties or the transaction or the employment, not probably not. But I mean, if you've got an employer located there or headquartered there, then then likely so. Yes. Got it. Now, I'm going to assume because you're still pretty much a red state, right? As we call it the United States. Although we've really gone from blue to red. So that has been a, a change probably in the last 10, 15 years. But yes. And is that because the influx of remote workers, people from other parts of the country that are moving to Arkansas because the cost of living is so much lower? Or what, what do you attribute that to? You know, that's a good question. We have definitely seen a huge influx of workers, particularly, you know, after 2020, because it is a fairly low cost of living here. And as you said, people can work anywhere. So we're seeing a lot of people come in. I don't know. I think that the the reasons for the flux to blue to red is a little above my pay grade. So I'm not really sure the reason for that, but it has affected things. And I I will say it brings up another issue that I think is probably worth talking about in terms of what we advise our clients about is that we have a very active legislature, particularly in the last maybe two, three, four years, and they often pass pieces of legislation that are either indirectly or sometimes directly in conflict with federal law. And oftentimes that is in the employment law space or at least employment adjacent space. And so a lot of our job involves advising clients on how to, to comply with both or how to, you know, thread that needle when they're often in between a rock and a hard place of, you know, either violating state law or violating federal law. 
So members of our firm, you know, myself included, often, you know, educate the legislature or advocate on behalf of industries to explain the, you know, the, the real situation that they'd be in if something were to pass. And then and sometimes we've just been, you know, put in a position of trying to seek proactive judicial relief through a declaratory judgment action to make sure that we get out in front of an issue before clients are, you know, in violation of the law. So being, let me, let's call it purple, being kind of a purplish state, yeah. are you a right to work state and are unions a big deal or not? We are a right to work state and unions do not play much of a role. I think about 5% of the workforce is represented by a union here. So that is, that's not a major factor that we see. Great. Well, look, before we wrap things up, anything else you want us to know about your state that you think the folks on the podcast might want to hear? Well, I think, you know, you ask about what makes Arkansas unique. I think another thing, at least that's different than other places I've lived, is that we are, you know, still a largely agricultural rural state. So we're the number one producer of rice, I think the number three producer of cotton. And then you mentioned Walmart, but the other thing that we're known for up here is poultry producers. So we produce 40 to 50%, I think, of the country's chicken each year. So we see ourselves as a real integral part of feeding the country. So something that we're proud of. And I think everybody is proud to be an Arkansas. So. Well, and you're also the home of Bill Clinton. Home of Bill Clinton, home of the hogs. Yep. And I have never been there, but you got the, the Bill Clinton Museum is right there at Little Rock. Is that correct? We do. Yeah. And that has really driven the, the growth of downtown Little Rock since I lived there when I was growing up there, which has been nice to see. So Good. Well, listen, it's been great connecting with you, Katie. For those of you that want to connect with Katie directly, all you got to do is click on her bio, which is in the description of this podcast. I encourage the listeners to visit ela.law to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, to download white papers, and maybe most importantly, to access our free online compliance platform called the Global Employer Handbook, which is a 50-state, 100-country compliance manual on hiring and firing worldwide. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Steve Hirschfeld. Thanks for listening.